What is going on, everybody? My name is Oliver Wickheiser, and you are listening to the Rampage Podcast. I am joined today by Dr. Matthew Christian of the Shepherd University Common Department. How's it going today? Oh, it's going pretty good. How you doing? Pretty good. So today we're going to be talking about his experiences because he's traveled all over the U.S. and he's gone to some other countries, going to communications conventions and stuff like that. So what would you say is the, one of your biggest takeaways from going to some of those conventions? And what, what's something you really like? Uh, I just think it's really about the opportunity to learn from other people, get to know uh, how they think uh, about their culture, um, just different ways that people view the world. Um, and I think just everywhere you you go, if you can take back something, uh, if it's from the people, if it's from the history, if it's from the place, um, you know, it's just something that you saw. I think that really makes traveling and, and going out and meeting people uh, worthwhile. That's what, that was my next question, asking you, because uh, I guarantee you go to different countries and the culture is completely different, where I imagine you meet people that speak different languages, um, and you can learn something from them as well, instead of just going in there and doing your own thing. So what would you say is the favorite, your most favorite place you've been to on these conventions? Uh, in terms of um, like conferences that I've been to, that's tough. I know you've been to Australia, right? Yeah, I was going to say Australia. Okay. So... I've been to Australia um, twice, if my memory serves. I've been to Melbourne. I've been to Sydney. Uh, I've been to Sydney twice. So I, I came, I went there and uh, was checking out sort of the Sydney Harbor area, which is kind of the, the main thing that you would see. Like if you look at postcards and you see the Opera House, you know, it kind of looks like, um, I guess, like sails, like it's kind yeah, of this rolled mm-hmm. sort of picture. Uh, and there's sort of a famous bridge that connects both sides of the harbor. So I've been down there twice. I've had the opportunity to um, get out on boats. So one of the ways that people commute around, um, you know, the harbor area is there are commuter boats. So if you think of like Washington, D.C., I guess this is probably the closest city to where we are. You think of the metro station, right? Like you get into the metro and they have buses. Well, in Sydney, I mean, they have metro stations. uh, They have buses, but they also have boats that will take you to okay. different ports, okay. uh, like commuter boats. And so you can, I mean, just for a couple of bucks, you can get on there like a commuter, but you know, as a tourist, you're fascinated to sort of go up under the bridge and to see different views of the opera house and the harbor and all that stuff. Okay, I gotcha, that's cool. So have you spoken at these conventions, everyone you've been to or, or some of them? Or? Uh, so it's, it's, there's two different types of conventions that I've been a part of. So as an academic, I have spoken or presented material at a bunch of them. Um, most of those have been within the United States, but I have, um, you know, there's also conferences that have, that have happened in Canada uh, and so forth. Um, I did travel to Portugal uh, last May as a speaker, and that wasn't a convention, but I was an invited uh, speaker, and I spoke at uh, University in Aveiro. Uh, Portugal and a university um, in Lisbon but the other types of conventions that I've been a part of is uh, for a few years I was doing work with an organization uh, in behavioral optometry and so it wasn't so much that I was presenting I was helping put on uh, a digital communication strategy at those events so think of it like a host of a bunch of different interrelated events across the world and so I was in the convention hall uh, helping people use an app. It was called um, the ICBO social app that we helped uh, pitch and, and put together. 
And so convention goers would uh, use the app to get information about speakers, um, you know, the events that were going on, hotel information, and to connect with um, the, like the different trade shows that were going on at the event. So that's when I went to Australia, I did that. Um, I went to Spain and did that. I went to Vienna, Austria and did that. I went to Birmingham in the United Kingdom and did that. Okay. I went to Toronto, Canada and Montreal, Canada and did that. And then I did that in Buffalo, New York. And I, I might be forgetting okay. another That's location. That's a lot though. That's yeah. You've been to a decent amount of places. The only places yeah. I've been to out of the country is England and Ireland. That's when I was really little. How'd you like it? Uh, England and Ireland are kind of similar in the fact that they, it rains a lot, yeah. especially in uh, Ireland. But yeah. Ireland was prettier, definitely nicer with the blue skies and the mountains and stuff. But it definitely just rained a lot. I was really young at the time, so I don't remember a, a lot of it, but yeah. it, I do remember the rain. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. So how are you able to travel um, all, to all these different conferences? Are you a part of some organization that does this? or? Yeah, so... so for, okay, so the two different ones. So for the stuff I do as, as an educator or as a, a scholar, I should say, um, as a grad student, I started traveling to those. And sometimes there's funding that professors get through the university or through grants to travel. Uh, a couple of organizations I'm associated with or have been in the past um, is International Communication Association, um, AEJMC, which is the Association for Education and Journalism and Mass Communication, uh, NCA, which is Nas National Communication Association, and then a couple of regional communication associations. So essentially, you you'll take like a paper okay. uh, that you write, and you'll submit the paper. And if the paper gets accepted, then you can travel. And depending, you you know, it might be self-funded or it might be okay. funded by your university or, or through grants. And then the other one, um, all of my travel, so the stuff that I was doing uh, was with an organization called the International Congress of Behavioral Optometry which is, I guess, a, a grouping of a bunch of behavioral optometry organizations around the, around the world. Uh, and I got connected to that through uh, my wife, actually, who um, worked at one of the organizations that were part of this larger partnership. And so they were looking for someone to do some, some um, social media and digital communication work. And so she, had, she recommended uh, me to them. And so all of that, I was able to travel sort of through uh, maybe through my connection with that and through the work okay. I was doing. It was sort of part of the work I was doing. I had to be at the events. Okay, yeah, just networking through that and just going to all those different events. So you're, um, you're, are you in charge of the National Millennial uh, Club here? What is it called? National Millennial Community? Yeah, did you start that? Uh, I didn't start the organization, but I am the, uh, the advisor to the chapter here on campus. Uh, that organization is... Uh, was started by a group of um, individuals that work for uh, the IW Group, which is an advertising agency with offices in Los Angeles and New York City. And it was started by um, the, the former CEO of the IW Group named Bill Amata and then a number of uh, what were then interns working for him um, in advertising. And so it's a national network of students um, and there's also international, uh, a couple international chapters. And so it's, it, it's uh, at different campuses throughout the country and a couple internationally, there are chapters. And so we have a chapter here. We've had the chapter 
for I, I want to say about three years. Okay. Yeah, I've done some traveling with that as well. I was <laughs> about to say that that probably gives them a, a chance to see different places. Maybe you've been just to travel a little bit instead of just going to class every day. Yeah. Doing the same old thing gives them an experience because I know some students that have been in that, and then when they go to the conferences, they have a chance to ask questions, see different people's perspective, especially when we have guest speakers coming to the university, like we had one a, a week or two ago. Uh, she was talking about her ad agency. And just to see that, it gives people a chance to see someone who's actually been in that um, career because you might be going into that career to give you some kind of background what you're going up against, kind of. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. So it, it part of what they do through that organization is – uh, they'll have uh, visits to different cities across the country, and they're actually going to uh, Vienna um, in Austria. Uh, I'm not sure when. I think it's sometime this spring. Oh, that's awesome. Um, we don't have any students from our university that are going on that trip, but we've had students go to Houston, Texas, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, uh, Washington, D.C. And so when they're on those trips, they have met with um, executives at major companies, thing, uh, companies, you know, household names, uh, Amazon Studios, YouTube, um, NBC, Comcast, um, and then a number of other companies sort of outside of media and entertainment, um, like Lockheed Martin, um, a lot of um, advertising and public relations uh, agencies. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Wow, that's awesome. I'd love to be able to travel at some point in time in my life. I think, you'll get to, I think <laughs> once you graduate, um, get a, get a you know save up uh, just a couple thousand yeah. dollars and and do it while you're young. Yeah, I think that. Or if I could get somebody that's you know geared towards my career around traveling to, I wouldn't necessarily mind that. So, what would you say is, uh, what would you say is probably your strongest as asset, or what you think students should have as being a communications major? Like, what do you think is the biggest thing? Like, is it speaking well, writing well? Yeah, I think I think it's being able to take an idea and communicate it in a way that uh, the person who's hearing or, or taking in the message can easily and quick, quickly understand it and get uh, emotionally connected to it. So I was always a writer growing up. Um, I always uh, just kind of grew up writing, uh, always liked writing, always liked reading. And so I think for me, I naturally turned towards the explaining things in the, in the written form. Um, I think that is still extremely important today, but on top of that, there is such a push for digital communication. And so um, it doesn't really matter what platform or what medium you're communicating with. I think it's really just about, do you know how to take an idea, get at the core of the idea, explain the idea, get help people see the value in the idea and connect with it. And the rest of it is learning how to present that information through the right medium uh, to get to the right audience. Okay. I think it's uh, kind of me too. Like when I was younger, I always, I was just really big into sports. So I just thought communications would be the easiest way to do it. And then I'm a journalism minor. So that kind of goes hand in hand. And my dad is a, he's a salesman and he interviews people all the time. He's always on the phone. So his biggest things are always like, if you can write well and you can speak well, you can get a job anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't matter what, doesn't matter what your major is. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So, I mean, if you have a good wor work ethic also, so, that, I mean, those kind of all go hand in hand about getting jobs and stuff in, the, in your future. I mean, who knows what I'll do in the future when I graduate. I might, I might do something in PR. I might do something in communications or radio. Uh, so, Christian, how many, um, 
How many times have you spoke on air? A couple of times you're trying to do something a little different here. Yeah, so uh, this is my first time. Okay, it's not my first time being on the radio, although I know this will be in the podcast, but, you know, sort of using the production uh, studio at WSHC. Um, it is my first time doing something off script. So I have recorded three uh, PSAs uh, to promote a speaker series here in town, but I scripted those and I essentially read those out loud. So this is my very first time speaking off the cuff and being interviewed and i was actually when we when we started i'm really impressed with your your radio voice and you have no notes in front of you like if for those of you who are listening to this if you were if you could see in the room i would have come in with a list of questions and been nervously shuffling through them and oliver's just like off the cuff just coming up with all of these questions so well uh, I mean, you would go through some questions like, ah, I got to think of another one now because, you know, eventually we get to a point in time where I'm like, well, what's next? What's coming next? No, I definitely thought about that, like writing questions beforehand of what would be relevant that people would want to know about. Because I think it is interesting that you've gone to different places to see different cultures. I'm, I imagine you've made some really great people that you still connect with that can teach you things and you can teach them things. Yeah. And I, and I, so I, I think part of, I mean, the reason why. So I sent you an email last earlier this week, yeah, mm-hmm. and I just said, "All right, I'll do it. Like I'll do yeah. this radio thing." And for excuse me, I keep saying radio, uh, doing the podcast. Um, for how many years have I talked about wanting to be on a podcast? Probably three or four mm-hmm. years. And so to go back to your question, the same thing with travel or same thing with doing stuff. A lot of times it's just jumping in, mm-hmm. and for me, a lot of times. Uh, I always kind of hesitate and I think I go, okay, like with travel, um, I didn't really start traveling overseas until I got my master's degree. So um, I was always a little bit, you know, afraid, like, wow, I'm going to go get on an airplane. I'm going to go across, you know, an ocean. And your mind starts to go to all these uh, catastrophic things that you fear could happen. And obviously none of them did happen, but it was just, it just seemed so far away. And now I still get nervous. Uh, my wife and I are, are planning a vacation um, to another country this summer. And I still have the same nervousness of, well, you know, I don't know this. I don't know where we're going to stay. I'm not really great with the language there. Uh, and I think it's just the process of saying, okay, like I can accept that I am nervous about that and that's okay. And now I'm going to take the leap and I'm going to be on that airplane and I'm going to go and I'm going to live, you know, sort of in that moment. I think it was definitely me at some point in time when I was a freshman here. Um, coming from a big family, since I'm one of eight. Wow. So coming from somewhere where your parents and your siblings help you with everything to go to a university where it's an hour and 40 minutes away from home and you don't know anyone. Start off from scratch and meet all these different people and then work your way through to when you're you know, sophomore, junior, senior. And just try to get the whole concept down of college, especially since I was homeschooled till high school. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was homeschooled till high school. So trying to bridge the social gap and just making friends and then going from step from you know being a freshman because when you're a freshman you don't know anything I mean you do but you don't get the whole grasp of college yet until you're probably like a semester or a year into it so sometimes you just got to take the leap and whatever happens you'll handle it when it does or cross that bridge when you have to yeah I mean I I agree with you 100% I think you've done a really good job Uh, are you oldest youngest I'm the sixth youngest so really? There's, so there's two younger than me, and then I have four older. I have three sisters, four brothers. 
three sisters, four brothers. So it's four and four. Am I doing the math right? No, on it's that? Uh, five and three. Five and three. Five and three total. Wow. Yeah. And are so. Do you feel like there's a big difference between homeschooling and being at university? Then is that? Uh, I think I think there definitely is because homeschooling. When I was homeschooled, my mom taught most of us when we were all homeschooled, except for my oldest brother. He wasn't. He went to school as soon as he could when he was he was the oldest. So she taught all of us, uh, seven out of eight of us. We were homeschooled at some point in time in our lives. So I think it was definitely different from going from homeschool to high school, from high school to college. It's definitely a bigger jump, especially when college there's no one pushing you to go to school. It's not no one's gonna call your parents and say, Hey, he missed class. You know, stuff like that doesn't happen. You know, your parents might see it on your grades at the end of the semester, but no one no one does that. So I think it was definitely a big leap going from one jump to the next, but you just got to go with it as you can. You can't, there's nothing you can really do about it when you're going to college and then you just got to see what happens and try to make the best of it. You can't just sit there and go, well, I'm in college, there's no one here. Just try to do as best you can. Yeah, absolutely. So as, what's your favorite part of being a communications teacher here at Shepherd? Uh there's a lot of things that I really enjoy, but I think one thing that's different here than um, when I went to school uh, is that the class sizes are smaller, and so you really get to know the students and get to interact with them, and then you see them from semester to semester and how they kind of learn and grow and change. And so there's like the familiarity of, of interacting with the same students um, like a cohort of students, and then the intrigue or the interesting aspect of how they're learning throughout the entire time. Um, I went to school at much larger schools than Shepherd, and particularly as an undergraduate, it was really easy to get lost in the crowd and just kind of be one person out of, I mean, some of the classes, I don't know the exact numbers, but it felt like there was over 100 people in some of them. And so I think that's the thing that I like the most is that the instruction is one-on-one -on -one or one-on-a-few and the students are getting to know one another and learning from one another and they're all growing together. I think that's, I think that's well put. I think it's good too to have like smaller class because you definitely feel like you were saying, like if you're in a big class and the teacher's helping once, you might never get the one-on-one -on -one attention or just have to go to their office hours and they might not have a lot if they teach a lot of classes. And at Shepherd, you definitely feel that small size where everyone feels they can help each other out or be on the same page and ask the professor and they'll be able to make time for them. So what would you say is the fa your most favorite class that you teach here, your favorite class? That's hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that – I don't know if I have a favorite. I think that there's something in each of them that I enjoy. It's – I don't know. I mean, I've taken most of them. They're okay. all good classes. What was, what was your favorite? Um, uh, I think honestly, I think the public relations class was. Okay, I think what, I what took I took that when I was I believe I was a freshman or sophomore, and I think that was the first class that kind of opened you up, kind of in the communication field here at Shepherd to public speaking, since you do a lot of group presentations and a lot of projects where everyone has to speak. So that's kind of like the first building block because the rest of the classes with Dr. Cushion over here are all group oriented and you have, you have to speak in front of class to uh, the yeah. rest of your students and that class I think you had like three or four or five presentations you had to give with your group and that definitely from you know, growing from one presentation to the next you see the um the progress 
that you've made. So I think that class definitely helped me, especially since when I first started public speaking, I, I wasn't that good. I wasn't that great. I took the uh, public speaking class one-on-one with uh, Master Lee here, and that, that class was really awesome. Yeah, and now you're on the now you're recording the yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And speaking off the cuff, and it, um, there's different things you learn along the way that definitely help you out with how to handle certain situations or how to be more prepared, and it just helps to go along the way, go through those classes, go through the rungs. Yeah. So yeah, I, I that I I think that class is a lot of fun to teach. Um, I do think it's a good class, and that the students, like you said, it kind of opens you up to public relations and. Uh, a couple other, you know, things we talk about with networking and, and building rapport with people and that sort of a thing. Uh, but, yeah, I, I can't really pick a favorite They're They all just have different things that I enjoy, and then they all have different challenges that make them challenging to teach. I agree with that. I think uh, the campaigns class, I think, is probably one of the more interesting classes I've taken because we get to get on. We get to have a client that we get to build a campaign for. So who knows, they might end up using that campaign that, you know, your team made for them or someone that class made for them. So that's, if you see that in like a year or two, that'd be like, wow, I was part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, I think that gets students motivated. Uh, there's a little bit of fear behind that because you're saying, I don't want to let down, uh, you know, it's not just about me or about my group. It's kind of bigger than the class. So it's the client. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that one's, that one's challenging and, and a lot of fun too. I think the, um, the uh, com research class is one of the more different classes I've learned in communications because it's not as set up as the other classes that Dr. Cushing teaches. It's kind of more you use different programs that you might not necessarily have used in the past with other communications classes, other classes you've taken. So it's different in that sense, but it gives you more information to a sense because they're different. You haven't seen them before, so it's like more information to take in and just to see how it all works. I think one of them you get to see... It's uh, kind of like you get to see like opinion leaders and how one person knows someone and then they know that person and then they know that person and it all comes together full circle. Yeah, that's what the the social network map uh, with the Netlytic software. Yeah. Yeah, that class is awesome. So, what would you say is your least favorite part when all the seniors that you know graduate? What's your what's your one takeaway? Okay, actually, let me rephrase. Okay. What would you say is your one piece of advice you could give all the seniors graduating? That you know, that's the communications department. What was one piece of advice you wouldn't give them? That I would like to give them? Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. Um, let's see if I have any pearls of wisdom here. <laughs> um, I think something that I I don't know if it's if it's advice that somebody can take. Like it's the kind of thing that you can say to somebody, "Hey, try to think this way or try to do this." But sometimes I know from my own in my own life, uh, it's something more that I had to get enough experience to be able to look back at my life and say, okay, here's some mistakes that I made. Um, I think it would be that try to push past fear and try to push past the boundaries that you're setting up for yourself. Um, I've had people in my life who, who would always say things like, oh, it's all, you know, it's all in your head or, oh, you know, it's, do you want to think positively or do you want to think negatively? Because that's the reality that you're going to, to live in. And uh, it's easy to kind of maybe give that advice but i think if you can when you're young and you're just starting off to kind of tell yourself all right uh, i'm about to do something or i'm i'm trying to make a decision of whether or not i should do something a lot of times we always think about all the reasons not to do something just go back to the radio mm -hmm. this radio show yep. of like well i'm gonna sound this way i'm gonna you know this like what if i don't have anything to say um so 
when you're in that position to make a decision, yes, it's possible that something really bad could happen. Uh, yes, it's possible that things might not work out the way that you want them to. But I think it's better to take a risk and to try to um, tell yourself, you know, the chance that something bad happens is actually a lot less than I'm probably putting my mind mm -hmm. to, like yeah. that I'm thinking. Like yeah, I'm thinking yeah. there's this is a really big chance this will happen, but it's probably actually not very likely. Uh, and so try to kind of have a better sense of what's realistically going to happen versus your fears and try to kind of put those fears into perspective and say, okay, yeah, something could go wrong. It's not the end of the world. So why don't I go out and apply for that job? Why don't I go out and move to that place or talk to that person or network with that person or, you know, do any number of things that might help push me forward because the, the amount of effort that you put into it um, versus what you'll get out of it, you know, it's really not that much effort. But if you don't take any action, you're actually taking a, bu a bunch of effort towards inaction. I don't know how well I explained that. No, that's good. I think it goes back to the sense, let's say you're, you, you want this job. You don't apply for it. Well, if you don't apply for it, you're in the same boat you are now. The answer is going to be no because you haven't applied for it. So you may, it's whatever you make the most of it. So like networking with people, or what's the worst I can say is no, then you're in the same boat you started in. You know, you don't know until you try. I think that happens with some people. They get they overthink it and they get really nervous right before the moment happens. But when the moment hits, they, they shine in it. They, they know exactly what they're doing and how to handle it. I mean, Dr. K over here, he's... He's not, you know, super great at talking in front of the mic, or he says he's not. But you know, he's been answering all my questions pretty thoroughly, and he knows, he knows what he's doing. He's been pretty <laughs> flawless so far, I would say. Yeah. I mean, we had we had no script prepared for yeah. this, so it's all off the cuff. Yeah. And uh, I would say I fumbled through that advice section there a little bit, but other than that, I've, I've I give myself. An I, think, I think I <laughs> think I think people will get the gist of it. I think that the big thing there is probably just people going outside their comfort zone and trying something new because you know you're not used to it why do it when i first started making this podcast i didn't know how to make a podcast i had a whole semester i did research on it how to how to make it how to produce it how to host it how to promote it you know there's all these little different things on how to do stuff and if you get more familiar with it then you'll be more likely to do it and you'll be more comfortable yeah absolutely so i um i thank you guys for listening i uh, appreciate dr k for coming on the show it's been awesome to hear some of his experiences and his advice and how he kind of views the comm department some of the students i guess you could say any uh, any final words no thank you so much for the opportunity to be on here and uh for inviting me on and i'm really excited to see how everything comes together for you for the project and when you graduate i know you're going to do a great job i appreciate it you guys can listen to rampage podcast and that's in the bottom of community hall wshc you guys have a good one